The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. And welcome. Oh, no, you didn't what, even give line? me a countdown. Oh, I did. You, you, you did not give me a dang countdown. You did you not give. That's how the podcast is starting. Just like that, <laughs> Jeremy unforced error. Bulk. Yeah, home. Per, the runner walks in. It's baseball time. So we're using baseball terminology. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Pride of Detroit POD cast. I take no responsibility for that, except some, except all of it. Apparently, uh, I am Chris Perfett, the adequate host at Chris Perfett, P E R F E T T, and that on the unforced error. So behind the scenes. Jeremy Reisman, the fearless leader at Detroit Online, is supposed to give me a countdown before we go live on Twitch. Um, guess who Ryan saw did? It. R- Ryan, Ryan saw it. Wait, what? Ryan, Ryan. Matthews. Back is the motherfucking rock guy. At Ryan underscore POD. I think you're gaslighting me, Ryan. I'm, I'm definitely not. But Jeremy, the uh, fearless leader and also professional countdowner. I don't know. Is that? Can my, we add my, that to your my, tags? My ever-growing byline. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Part of my uh, new uh my new duties as editor in chief is a professional countdown artist. Speaking of counting, today on the podcast, mm-hmm. we're gonna today talk on the podcast. Cap. <laughs> we are everybody. Now that we've got everything squared away, uh if you haven't downloaded the podcast, hey, you should at Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, uh, iHeartRadio, wherever you get them, and watch us live on Twitch on twitch.tv slash pride Detroit. Or check us out on YouTube, search for Pride Detroit there as we do it live and have hijinks. We have not had a hijink like that in a very long time. I enjoy it. And, you know, as per our policy, we don't cut things out of the podcast. That would be like akin to burning down Lincoln's log cabin just because the trolls are mad at it. So today we're talking salary cap and we're talking about the Detroit Lions salary cap in particular, which means everyone guess where we're going. We're going to cap hell, cap hell to the ninth circle of cap hell. And we're going to try to figure it out. We're going to try to claw our way like, like Virgil and, and Dante. We're going to try to work our way out of hell. Which actually, if you've read the Divine Comedy, that's wrong because they actually descend so far into hell that they actually come out the other side and start to ascend up to purgatory. I know my classics. <laughs> Coming Ryan, Ryan, the high school, the top. <laughs> Ryan, the high school teacher, you should you, you know, this is to be true. It is true. I'm trying to find a way to bring that into Lions lore <laughs> in some way, because I feel it's, like this is a fan base that has just been stuck in purgatory for so long. It doesn't know its way out, but we're hoping we're hoping that Matt Patricia was the ninth circle and not like the seventh. Yeah, I I hope so. <laughs> I hope so for everybody's sake. We're, it means we're at the bottom and we're finally crawling the way through. Anyway, Lions cap number one. Lions cap number is uh, it's not as bad as the Saints, Jeremy, but let's just say this as we get as we, we've done f- wide receivers. Now we're taking a larger look at free agency and the cap number for the Lions is not pretty. It's not Saints bad, but the Lions are going to have to make some cap casualties here. 
Yeah, no question about it. I mean, everyone is struggling right now because the, the cap is going down from what it was last year. And obviously, when people were making contracts a year ago or, or before then, they weren't considering that as a possibility. Um, the the and, and while the lines aren't in a unique spot in that they're they're over the cap essentially, um, and really less over the cap than than a, a lot of people, including every team in the division. The problem is that they don't have easy ways to get out while still kind of having a good roster. I mean, they can cut a bunch of guys, but they don't have a lot of guys. Like one common way to create a lot of cap space is to extend players. You know, they did it with Matthew Stafford a ton of times. Um, you do it with your good players. You, you're just like, all right, you have a very cap hit right now. Very big cap hit right now. You extend them so that gets pushed down a couple of years. The Lions don't have those guys except for one, right? And mm-hmm. he's he's not currently taking up any cap space, so he's going to cost you. Ryan, you had something to say. Yeah, I, I was going to say, Jeremy, I have a question. Which players yeah. are worth extending? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Kenny Galladay is the only answer, and that's not really even <laughs> an extension at this point. That's just a new contract. Um, there, there, I mean, you look across the board, there's really nobody that you can extend to create significant cap space because the ones that you might think about con- extending, like, I don't know, Frank Ragnow, well, he's only taken up $3.7 million anyway, so you're not going to create a ton of cap space there. You're probably going to ride it. It's only the fourth year of a, a potentially five-year contract there with the, on his rookie deal. So um, we got to figure out some other ways to create some cap space, and uh, we are going to go through as many of them as possible because Lions have some digging to do to, to get them to a place where they can at least sign a couple free agents because as we're going to get it to, they're going to have to cut a lot of guys to get there and if you're going to cut guys, well, you have to replace them, unfortunately, too. So um, the lines are going to go bargain bin shopping. We talked a lot, a, a little bit about it with Justin Rogers, but uh, but yeah, let's let's get into I guess cap casualties. That's that's yeah. the first cap category here. Cap, you got to you got to lose some bodies here. So uh, the salary cap, I don't think we've set the cap yet, Jeremy. In the NFL, the floor right. is set around 180 million, I believe. Yeah, it's uh, and it, I think the most common belief is it's going to be somewhere between 185 and 180. And right now, I believe the Lions are looking at one without any uh, casualties kind of projection carryover uh, Lions cap numbers looking something like 192.8, according to an athletic article I am reading here from Chris Burke. Yeah. So that's, that's where we start. That's estimates. Yeah. Yep. That That's where we start. That's estimates. And it's not a lot. I mean, it's not a ton, but still somehow you got to figure out that money. And as you guys said, there's no big lump that you can just jettison out the window. All of a sudden you can just, all right, we saved, you know, 7 million. We saved 10 million. There's no way to really do that easily. Yeah. And with that 192.8 million figure, there's already some money you have to cut into that because of Stafford's dead money against the cap. Mm-hmm. And then also Okwara's prorated bonus. Um, and after you take that into account, they're looking at about 172.5 million. Where they can spend. That, that's Where how they much can they can spend. spend. Right. That's not how much they have already allotted. So they, they have mm-hmm. well over that allotted. That's the problem. Right. So where do you want to start? Where who's like I, I almost want to do this as kind of shopping. You know, you're shopping, you've got too much in the cart, and we're being told, you know, you're over budget for this party. You've got to put something back on the shelf. So where do you guys want to start? Because I as I said, there's not a lot of places to really move here. And for a lot of these, we talked about free agents. We looked at how many of these guys aren't coming back, but at the same time, you have to have that full roster ready to go for when we get yeah. back here in August and uh, your cre- the creative math that Brad Holmes basically has to figure out is, okay, I'm losing about four wide receivers, maybe five. A, I have to be able to replace that, but also I don't have really the money to keep really replacing them too much. And I think our last episode, we did talk, you know, we, we, we mentioned free agent wide receivers that were on the market. And already when we were broadcasting, which we were getting reactions as we were saying some of those names like, oh, that's not a great guy. Why are you why are you mentioning him? And the reason why we're mentioning him is because, you know, sites like SpotTrack are projecting them to be cheap. And that's really the only way you're going to get around this. Yeah. And so, okay, let's let's say we're we're in the checkout line. We have, you know, 
that we're in the the six items or fewer list and we have 13 items we got to get rid of some we, we all went shopping ryan threw too many butterfingers in our cart <laughs> and the and the cashier's looking at us funny you know they want these machines are a little more liberal because nobody is like you know everyone wants to do the self-checkout these days because of covid but they're like you you this is too much here you've got to put something back so what are we doing guys I'm, I, I'm really I'm really glad you said Butterfingers, though, real quick, because like these these players that are getting cut are, are. crispy <laughs> and crunchy. They're not exactly what you thought they were going to be. And uh, they they almost deserve to be cut. <laughs> so I I want to start with the uh, I'm going to put this in supermarket sweep terms. The golden wrapped ham. Great on supermarket sweep because it's overpriced. And but it, but in reality, it's overpriced and it's not very good. Ham is. Ham is the is is the C minus of of meats, so I'm going with Desmond Trufant the the twenty the twelve point two million dollar golden wrapped ham, well past his prime at this point. Not not the kind of corner that the Lions were hoping when they signed him to replace Darius Slay. They they clear six point two million if they cut him. That's that's a that's a huge amount. That's it's, I mean right there we've already got I think like what eighty percent done. Well, <laughs> I mean yes and no because again you have to replace these. You also have to account for your your rookie mm-hmm. class and that's going to cost a lot of money. We got to talk Galladay again probably at some point Romeo Quar. So it, it, it might sound like that's that's halfway or, or even eighty percent, but in reality it's not. Um, and and you're still taking on six million dead money, which is not great. But I think I think we can all agree like this is one that's just like. This is inevitable. They have to do it, right? Yeah, and this was one of those contracts I feel like that I I didn't see this guy ever replacing Darius Slay when we signed him. This is this is one of the big bet. There's not there's some bad deals from the Boston Boys era, but I consider Trufant to kind of be like Trey Flowers at least you got some production out of. I don't know what what, you know, there's an argument to keep Trey Flowers, I guess what I'm saying. I don't know what the argument is for Desmond Trufant other than he's been he he knows this and he's got and it would be six million on the dead cap if you cut him. But as you say, like this is probably a good place to start. The the replacement level value of Desmond Trufant is very close to one. There's a contract that we're going to get to that's definitely worse than Desmond Trufant, but Trufant is a bad one. And the problem is the Lions you know, we talk about the lack of depth they have at wide receiver. I mean, they got a couple of corners, but you're really, really banking on those guys to take, <laughs> you know, to take the leap into their next season with Oruarie and Okuda as being your top two guys. And we're not even through cutting corners yet. I agree that Desmond Trufant is somebody who has to be a cap casualty just because of the amount of money he'll save you. And because of his, I mean, inability and ineffectiveness on the field last season, let's get into the next big, you know, savings that the Lions could could nab. Um, And this would be a post June 1st savings. But you're talking about the Lions nickel corner, Justin Coleman. I mean, you could save yourself nine million dollars if you cut him. But then again, how are you going to be able to replace a guy who has at times looked really good, but has also at times looked much less than that contract that he was given by Bob Quinn. Yeah. And I don't, I mean the, the June one designation stuff is, is finicky, right? Because like, well, you're not getting that 9 million until June. It doesn't come off the books until June. So spending it on a replacement, you can't cause that money's still locked into Justin Coleman during free agency. You're going to have to wait until well after free agency to do it. If you do it before then it's, it's almost 5 million in, in relief, um, which is still a lot, but, Nine million certainly sounds better, but you're right. And and the corner position is going to be very interesting this year because I do think like there's there's very little harm in just being like, all right, Amani Oruari and Jeff Akuta, you're a starters. Like that might not work out well, but what's the harm there? You're not mm-hmm. you're not playing for a Super Bowl in 2021. Get those guys in some reps, see what you have, and then reevaluate in 2022. What's what's the possibility that Jamal Agnew goes back to cornerback? I was, I played with that Pretty idea. Good. It's possible, but he's Pretty a free good. agent too. You have to re-sign him too. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So he's going to cost you money. I played um, with the idea of Daryl Roberts potentially being re- re-signed. Um, he didn't play. I mean, in terms of mm-hmm. PFF grade, he was the Lions' best corner last year. He was better than Amani Oruare. He was better than Jeff Okudi. He was better than everyone. I think short of Mike Ford, who played like seventy snaps at corner. So 
um, cheap options. I mean, this is, those are the kind of signings that you're going to have to get used to because the cap is so strapped. Like a guy like Daryl Roberts might be, might be your starting corner. Nickel. Yeah. And again, we, we really, I really have to impress this on Lions fans too. Like this is one of those years that it's like, you're not going to have the most banger of rosters out there. You just, this is going to be a rough year. This is kind of picking up the pieces from bad contracts from this kind of cap situation. And you just got to get through it, man. The one thing in, in terms of Holmes's ability to, you know, finagle with the roster in this cap, Jeremy, um, with the post June 1st designations, because there's another name that we'll get to where the Lions can save, you know, significantly. They can save significantly more money by cutting him after June 1st. Maybe the Lions go into this with the approach of we'll find that guy's replacement in the draft. So it's like a much cheaper sure. option than it is to go out and sign somebody on free agency. Again, that, that's a risky proposition and you're kind of setting yourself up for for that. But I don't know. It, it's just a reality that maybe the Lions might have to take on. Yeah, and that's why I think, and and we probably won't get to it in this show, but like I think the strategy in the draft has to be trade down and accumulate as many picks as possible because you're you're not going to be able to hit everything in free agency, and you're not going to be able to hit everything in the draft, and and you don't really at this point in the rebuild you don't want to have to force your way into taking a starting level nickel corner. You just kind of want to go best player available down the line, um, given how yeah. how lack how how little talent there is on the roster. And, we should probably. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, and the one thing before, you know, uh, we, we kind of move the shit forward on, on all of this is it's going to take two two partners to to make that deal happen. I think that there are a lot of teams that might want to take that as their modus operandi for this offseason. It's like, hey, we yeah. we should try to get as many draft picks as possible to, to save ourselves from this cap hell. So um, that might be difficult. Yeah, it's a good point. Might have to take less yeah. value than you normally would in a trade down year. Mm -hmm. Real quick, real quick, before we move on, because I think there's a big question lurking when it comes to the cap here, and I want to touch on that next. But real quick, just sticking on the defense, let's stick on the defense. Two more names that kind of pop up. Uh, You know, we've been talking a lot of corners. Now let's talk some defensive tackles. Nick Williams, Danny Shelton. You could save about four million on each of them. I think Nick Williams, he's probably closer to about close to five million, four point seven, I believe. Yeah. So. You know, what, where do we see that? Where do you see that uh, in your minds? Is that something it, it's a little over? Do you want to try to shove it through checkout or do you think any of these guys you could probably cut? I think Nick Williams is an easy cut. Didn't provide much. I mean, maybe he's your best pass rushing defensive tackle, but the, the level of play that the Lions got last year was was replacement level. Certainly not worth five point seven million, which is its current cap hit. Um, yeah, no, I don't think there's even a question with Nick Williams. Danny Shelton is a tricky, trickier one. But again, like, I don't know. I think that $4 million might kind of not be worth it. Shelton's a good player. He, he's a nose tackle, though. And those are, I don't want to say they're a dime a dozen. Maybe you like what John Penasini gave you last year, if, if, if that's the kind of defensive tackle that you're really looking for. Um, maybe, maybe you want to be more of a pass rushing threat, and maybe you don't need these one tech, these zero techs, these pure nose guys. Um, we're still kind of picking through what the lines are going to do. They say they want to be like the saints. They say what they want to be like the Rams, but then they also turn around and say, we're going to be scheme versatile. We're going to play to the strength of our players. And so I don't know. I think both those guys are expendable, especially Nick Williams. Yeah, I think I agree with that, especially you mentioned John Penasini and like it, that's, that's again, one of those young guys that I think the lions are going to have to lean on moving forward to replace uh, some of the failed experiments on the defense. Penasini is going to be under, you know, team control for, you know, a few years more. He's pretty cheap with what you have on his rookie contract. So just I I think that's an easy enough one to do. Like, I know he was mixed last year on what he could provide. But, you know, the, the point of this year, I feel like, is for a lot of these guys to see if they can take a new step forward with a new coaching, uh, a new coaching staff, Ryan. Mm hmm. Yeah. And there's one more player on the defensive side of the ball that I think is set up perfectly to be a cap casualty, and that's Christian Jones. And the Lions are obviously going to be looking to upgrade at linebacker. So, you know, you take all those names. You take Christian Jones, Danny Shelton, Nick Williams, Desmond Trufant, potentially Justin Coleman. Um, There isn't a lot of, quote-unquote, talent that's better than replacement level to replace there. I, I mean, so that's why I think the Lions can... They can offset a lot of their losses by cutting these guys and either looking to free agency or the draft to find their replacements. 
and they won't be much worse for wear when it comes to that situation. Do you think, Jeremy? Yeah, no, I think that's that's probably pretty pretty accurate. I mean, especially in the case that you're you're starting over scheme wise anyway. So a lot of these players right. might not be adept to the kind of scheme you, you want to play. Or, you know, yeah, I mean, Christian Jones is a guy that that somehow stuck around the roster as long as he did, somehow got an extension. Um, And yeah, I mean, (laughs) he got a raise. Yeah, he got bad. (laughs) (laughs) And and, and if if we're being honest, Desmond Trufant was just it was a scrambling signing. It was a desperation signing. Justin Coleman is a guy who I still think might be able to play in this league. But yeah. He didn't in the first couple of years. And, and, you know, maybe if the lines were in a different situation and the gang was still here and all that, you could hang on to that contract and all that. But now that 2021 is a rebuilding year, there's no reason to be playing and paying a nickel corner 11 million a year. And so, okay. So we got defense done. I want you guys, real quick, before we go to break, then take one name definitely. You're like, this is the guy I'm definitely taking out. The others will hem and haw and maybe try to like shove it around. But which, which one's definitely out for you? Because for me, it's Desmond Trufant. It feels like he was signed basically as Bob Quinn trying to say, okay, like, watch we can replace this guy Darius Slay really easy no problem but I don't know, <laughs> I don't know if that his thought was like frick Darius Slay hates us we need someone yeah but they but they they almost uh, the Lions instigated that too come on well no yeah, it, was, it was their fault 100% yeah, yeah. but I mean it was desperation it was desperation yeah. I don't think they I don't think they legitimately thought this guy was going to be as good as Darius Slay I thought they were like they were probably just like this is probably the best we can do so we got to throw a ton of money in it, and now we're screwed. You're, you're, you're doubting, you're doubting the delusions of the Boston boys. Go ahead, Jeremy. Who's who's like a number one? You got to cut on offense, defense. Oh no, yeah, that, yeah, same. Trufant, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I would say Trufant, but a close one B for me would be Nick Williams. Yeah, I mean that's almost five million dollars we're saving in cap space for a guy who, yeah, Mr. Potato. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's a uh, gender neutral potato now. Then, so anyway, don't, don't, uh, we're going to don't what? don't tell Nick Williams about that. Don't tell Nick Williams <laughs> about that either. Yeah. Twitter tirade. Anyways, oh my. anyway, we should take a pr- quick break. Uh, when we come back, I want to touch on the offense side for some cuts. But I feel like the bigger question we should talk about is. Um, this is a weird shopping market, Jeremy. This is where we can haggle down on a couple pieces here. So we've got, we're going to talk about haggling down on a couple, which, which by, which is my idiotic way of saying restructuring in play restructuring. And there's one big name above all else. We should talk about the question of restructuring. We should talk about it because lions fans have been going back and forth and back and forth on this. We'll just knock it out of the park right next on the pride of Detroit POD cast. Welcome back to the Pride of Detroit POD cast. All right. Let's talk about some big potatoes. So we've got quite a bit in our, uh, this is supermarkets. I've never, can, can I, can I, can I admit something? Don't say it, Jeremy. Don't say I've, it. I've never seen supermarket <sighs> sweepstakes. I'm sorry. Well, yeah, because you called it supermarket sweepstakes. So we can what tell you've it? never heard of it. It's just supermarket sweep. Supermarket sweep. Yes. I like watching nature shows, Jeremy. Uh, the human race, I will not partake in their shenanigans. Sorry, I'd rather watch penguins. Uh, supermarket sweep. So how do I like, is there something where we've got like a big thing in here? And we, we have a chance to maybe fix its price or come up with a coupon or something like uh, we're talking about restructuring Jared Goff's contract. I don't know the right analogy to make. Please help me here. I'm, I'm drowning. <laughs> um. Payment plan, I guess, maybe layaway. <laughs> it has nothing to do with supermarket suite, but yeah, like a like a payment plan, because. Jared Goff's contract is kind of ridiculous. He's making a twenty five point three million base salary this year. But the good news is that it's base salary, which means it's very easily restructured. That really makes all parties pretty happy And the way the way you do it is essentially you turn that twenty five million dollars into, let's say, twenty one million dollars. Take 21 million of that that dollars, throw it into 
a signing bonus. You make it a new signing bonus. Hooray, Jared Goff, $21 billion right in your pocket right now. Why would he hate that? He'd love that. Instead of having it spread out throughout the season, it's not guaranteed necessarily. Boom, right in your pocket. For the Lions, it means that $21 million or however much of that base salary you convert into that signing bonus, it gets split in the remaining four years of his contract. So let's say let's just say it's $20 million. So it's $5 million signing bonus this year against the cap, $5 million next year, $5 million the following year, $5 million the year after that. So you're freeing up a ton of cap space up to, you know, estimates have about $15, $16 million, depending on how they do it um, in, the, in year one alone. The downside to that, though, is that one of the things when when this trade first went down um, that people liked about the trade was that, hey, Jared Goff, no guarantees past 2022. You can get rid of him in, in 2023, cost you nothing against the cap. It's free. You're on a two-year it's rental for Jared estate. Goff. Boom, done. Over with it. Then you can start your rookie contract and, and start anew. Well, if you restructure his contract, that's no longer true. Because mm-hmm. then you have Probably. those five million guarantees every single year. So then you have five million in twenty twenty three, five million in twenty twenty four. It's not as clean. It's not a ton. You're not you're not talking about you know fifteen twenty million in dead cap if you cut them in twenty twenty three. But it's not as clean as it used to be. And so you have to kind of face this philosophical question: Do you take the lumps this year and just say, "Hey, part of the rebuild just." You know, do what you can with the roster. If you can't do anything, no big deal. We'll we'll move on in a couple of years. Or do you take a couple lumps down the line and be like, listen, we have to at least try something this year. We have to create some sort of space to to build some sort of roster. We don't want to look like the the freaking little giants out there. And so it I mean, 15 million is a lot. And you can do a lot with it. You can carry it over into the next year if you want. Um, it creates and, and like I said, the, the lumps down line aren't that bad, but it does go back to this philosophical question. Do you want to keep kicking cans down the road at this point in the air? Like we were talking about how the cap situation in two years is going to be beautiful. But if we start restructuring contracts and 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 kicking cans down the road, we, we saw previous regimes get into trouble doing that. Well, suddenly the, the future isn't as clean and pretty as, as we all hope. So I, I, I guess I'll, I'll ask that question to you guys like. Do you want this team to just kind of take the lumps this year and then be clear of, of the, the Bob Quinn era in a couple of years down the line? Or do you think this team is in such dire need right now that they at least need a little bit of wiggle room? I'm not worried about 2021. I'm not concerned with being, uh, I mean, yes, I want the Lions to be competitive. I don't want them to be the little giants. I think Chris might argue that he does want them to be the little giants for their meme ability, but <laughs> I I don't want the Lions to I don't want the Lions to have to worry about restructuring Trey Flowers contract like that. You know, in in Chris Burke's article, he he makes a really good point about how that's such a massive headache because of the commitment that Quinn made to Flowers initially. I don't want the Lions to have to keep atoning for the sins of Bob Quinn in years after 2021. I want them to be able to. Um, kind of wipe their hands of the things that Bob Quinn has done. And they can start that process by, you know, cutting players like Justin Coleman and, you know, moving on from bad contracts like Christian Jones. And I just don't want the Lions to have to keep on kicking that can down the road because, you know, we, we've seen that before and, and, and it's not pretty. So I think the Lions can, and I've said this before, I think the Lions are going to be more competitive than they were in years prior, just because of the change in the coaching staff. And um, I know it it might not result in more wins. And I don't think, yes, obviously you want to win games, but I think that the Lions are are going to take the right approach to this. Hopefully Brad Holmes's bold strategy did not include restructuring Jared Goff because I, I don't have a problem. And I think, I think that can be understood. I don't have a problem with the Jared Goff trade it becomes a problem when you do restructure his deal and you're on the hook for those additional years. I think that would be Brad Holmes. Like first misstep is, is restructuring Jared Goss contract. So for I don't me, think I agree. No, go, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, no. You, you go first. Cause I'm still looking up something. So you go first. <clears throat> no, I, I don't think I can agree. I think, I think money is too tight right now. And I think extending Jared Goff creates significant enough room where they can just, they they don't have to be as desperate 
everywhere. And, and to be clear, like I I'm, I'm with you guys, like 2021 doesn't mean that much to me, but if you like, if you want to re-sign Romeo Aquar, which I think is something that a lot of fans want, I don't think that can happen without Jared Goff getting extended. I really, because there's not a ton of avenues to create money. Like we, we only created about 15, 20 million in that first segment by cutting all those defensive players. And there's not really much else they can do because like I said, there's not, there's not players they can extend. Um, restructuring is kind of the way they have to go. And to me, the lumps you take in the future just aren't that bad. You you aren't going to be on the hook for like, like I said, 10, 15 million of, of dead cap. Dead cap is a thing. It, you, it's not ideal, but it, it's something that every team has. And so you have five, 10 million of, of, of dead cap for, for Jared Goff in 2023 when you decide to part ways. If you decide to part ways again, we, we can't just assume that Jared Goff is going to suck and the lines are going to decide to cut waves with him. But a restructure does pretty much guarantee he'll be around two years, which again, I don't think a lot of us have that big of an issue. It's like, I think a lot of people understood that that was probably going to happen regardless of whether you restructure Jared Goff. Um, it just means you're going to be taking additional cap hits in 2023, even if he's not on the team. And to me, that's an okay trade-off for just the bare minimum of cap space to, to get by. Yeah. I, I think that's where a difference in opinions starts because I don't care if the lions resign Romeo Aquara. I, I don't really or care. If, or I, it depends with Kenny Galladay it depends on whether or not you're signing him to a long-term deal. If you're, if you're locking yeah. him in at 16.4 million for the 2021 season, what, what are we doing here? And I mean, because that, that just creates another cap obstacle. So I think, I think, I mean, it, it's just going to be so telling what happens over the next, you know, week because it's going to be time for Kenny Galladay to either get that tag or, or to not get that tag. And it's also going to be really telling what the lions decide to do in the draft with, you know, the number seven pick, if they go quarterback, then what are you going to restructure Jared Goff's contract for? I, I, I just, I just think it, it's hard to, to visualize this without putting like spreadsheets in front of people, but like, no, their situation is dire without a, a Jared Goff restructure. And I think it's, I think it's almost inevitable at this point. I think it's going, I not only think it's going to happen, I think it has to happen. I, okay. I I've got everything I need and I've watched you guys go back and forth. I'm with Jeremy in that I would restructure Jared Goff's contract. Um, I wouldn't just do this just to try to get out from underneath this number too, but here, here, here's my thoughts on the matter, because it seems like everyone wants to run away from Jared Goff as soon as as soon as the future is is secured. People think that'll either be this draft or in 2022's draft. People assume that it'll be secured and then we'll just run screaming away from Jared Goff. Uh, let me let me offer a counter argument to that. And I don't have stats to bet and I don't have a ton of stats to back it up. And I don't have a ton of numbers I can throw at you because, A, I think those are for nerds. B, however, I also think that you also have to look at this from the point of just structural integrity. And we we get we get very focused, I think, Jeremy, in efficiency, like because as you're saying, the big argument to not restructure Jared Goff's contract is, OK, well, then in two years, you can just walk away. No sweat, no problem. He's off the books completely. And now now forgive me if I'm wrong. What you're basically proposing is moving his cap hit uh around so it becomes like what five million an extra five million a year essentially yeah essentially okay i'm i'm completely fine with that that's not in my books huge we're assuming i think there's going to be a lot of teams in trouble this year with the cap and i think what's going to happen as a result is that especially if the nfl gets this big tv deal done uh before 2022 that that cap is just going to rebound a bit. You'll get a little more wiggle room to play with. But also, like, doesn't it just make sense to have Goff? Like, I I know people don't want to have Goff for 2023 or whatever, but doesn't it make sense to have that backup plan? To have a guy like Goff who... (laughs) Ryan's already shaking his head. He likes fear. (laughs) There's a word. Fear, uncertainty, and doubt. FUD. Like, Goff is your FUD denier. Like, I'm sorry. Like, he is... It, it wasn't that long ago where he was getting Pro Bowl seasons. It wasn't that long ago where he was throwing pretty well. We can figure it. We can try to figure out why that decline has happened. Or you can just assume it was just a couple of bad years. It, uh, 
I, I am the firm believer in that the, the book isn't completely written on Goff, and I'm not saying he should be a starter long term, but just in case he does blow you away next year, what, you've just decided, okay, well, we'll just you know trade him and still get a quarterback in the draft who we don't know who that quarterback is? Like, you should at least have something where you have a known value in Goff. The argument against restructuring Goff is basically like, we want to get out away from this guy as fast as possible. I don't know if that's right. I, and I just don't know if that's that's the right way to go about it because it could just all fall off a cliff when you're least expecting it. I, I think taking the hit to restructure it, especially as it's it's short term relief, but it's also backing up your quarterback just in case things happen uh, for a little longer too. Do you want to respond to that, Ryan? I, I've seen Ryan move a few times. No, it's just that I, I don't want to run away from Jared Goff. It's just that restructuring limits your maneuverability and it ties your hands like past 2022. No, this and is the I mean, only one I would say I would want to restructure. Like, I mean, I, I don't know too much on. I mean, we should get to Vitae and to Flowers at some point. But like, this is the main one I'm in favor of restructuring just because, again, like. Right. Well, it, and, there, yeah, there and has to be at least one of these has to give. And I'm just in favor of that one giving being Goff. And then this one creates by far the biggest space. And to me, it doesn't change the timeline really much at all. It, it really doesn't like it. Yes, it'll take five, six, seven, whatever, eight million out of your, your cap, salary cap in 2023. If if you decide to cut him after 2022, um, where where you wouldn't before. But we also have to remember, unless there's three more pandemics, cap's going to be pretty big by then. And that's not going to really seem like a very significant amount. If it all works out and Jared Goff is great. Well, great. I mean, you add a little bit more to his cap it overall, but he's still on a base salary of 20 million in 2023, 21 million in 2024. That's a bargain for a starting a good starting quarterback. So I don't think this changes the timeline at all. Like it just adds a little bit of a more dent in your future. Not a lot. Um, whereas, and, and, and I, I have to keep saying it like this is essential. The Lions need this extra 10 to 15 million bad. And that's just to get by. That's not to build a solid roster. That's not to compete in 2021. That ship has sailed. This is to like get to 53 players, period. Okay. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> uh, I mean, again, like I just I, I just think it also makes sense just to at least like, as you say, Jeremy, you you, you get a couple more years out of golf on the contract. If you have to then eat that later, it, it shouldn't be that bad of a blow. And and guess what? Like, you know, some, some guys have I've seen some people on Twitter saying, like, you know, we should, you know, trade golf if he plays well. OK, good. You, you're you're going to need some years on that so you can guarantee people will be willing to get some extra years rather than being a one year rental. And if he plays that well that you want to hold him around anyway, then hell, like restructure it anyway. So it doesn't accidentally walk in free agency or something. I don't know. Like this is I, I, I'm, I'm I, it, I think it blows my mind on this. I think it was all part of the plan. Like yes. I saw someone in our chat say like, this is so the, the trade wasn't as good as we thought. Well, maybe. Yeah. Because I don't think a lot of people were looking at the lines overall financial situation at the time, because I mean, forgive us in the media. We were just in the middle of a, a coaching search, a GM search and the, the starting quarterback getting traded. Maybe we didn't see and the long term effects here. And then you also had the insanely rich looking trade there. Oh my God. Two first right. round picks and a quarterback and a third round. But the one benefit of assuming Jared Goff with four years remaining on his contract is that you can do exactly this. You can spread out his salary in this year over four years so it doesn't hit that hard in each year. And you're kind of OK. Right. OK. OK. <laughs> All right. Well, we've been going along on this. So real quick, let's get to Vitae. And um, uh, who am I missing, Jeremy? Uh, flowers? Yeah. Well, let's start with flowers. Like, OK, so the flowers question is. Can, can you restructure flowers? And I guess the question is, do I even want to? Um, I, I think the cat, he's not a problem this year, but 2022, that contract, um, it gets big real fast, right? Because I believe yeah. his base salary goes from like just shy of 1 million in 2021 to 16 million. No, no, I mean, well, yeah, that, yeah, you're talking if the restructure happens. Because right now yes. his base salary is fourteen point three million. Yes, so again, I'm sorry, I, I'm I'm screwing up my numbers again. Yeah, yeah. So if if you want to restructure that again, that's when you're looking to restructure these contracts. You're looking for high base salaries this year. Jared Goff is one. Trey Flowers is not far behind him with fourteen point three million. It again, it's something you can create a lot of space. But this one is a little trickier here 
because he only has two remaining years on his deal, you're not kicking that can down the road very far. You're not spreading out no. that base salary very far. And restructuring Trey Flowers this year means that you are taking significant lumps in the next two years. And Trey Flowers is probably on the team for the next two years beyond this year. So we're talking three more years of Trey Flowers at a pretty high salary, and they're going to be much more significant hits in the next two years rather than Jared Goff, who I think has a somewhat manageable salary going forward. I don't think I'm in favor of this one because I'm not so sure Trey Flowers needs to be a foundation of this team over the next three years. No, I'm I'm willing to eat right now. I believe the potential out after 2022 would be like a 11.2 dead cap hit for that season. So I'm I'm more than happy to try to just eat what we can of Trey Flowers for two years. And, you know, again, because you still have one at least one more year of it. You can at least see what he is in 2021 with a uh, with a new coaching staff too. Like this is kind of the prove it year for for Flowers. We want to restructure you, hold you out for longer, or are we just going to say goodbye after 2021? I think that's I think that's probably the wise way to look at Flowers' deal. Yeah, I w- with Flowers. I mean, I don't know if if you if I, I don't know. I, I just think that if you're going to start restructuring contracts because you're so worried about your 2021 cat figure, then why not just do it with all these guys? Do it with Jared Goff, do it with Trey Flowers, do it with Vitae. There needs to be a delicate. I don't want to do it with all of them. You don't have to live on the extremes, though. You can can do like, all right, let's just do what we have to to get by and not kick every can down the road. Like, why why can't you do some and not all? I don't know. (laughs) What? I'm trying to really petty all of a sudden. That that seems ridiculous. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) What'd we do? What'd we do, Ryan? What happened? What, what, What happened here? I don't know. Like, just Jared Goff's contract. That's what happened. Um, but the the one other name that we haven't gotten to is Vitae, right? Vitae, so, yeah. Let's wrap up the segment with Vitae. So Vitae's no. base salary of nine million, converting it to uh, just eight million dollar difference for the signing bonuses. Um, I think this one makes more sense than Trey Flowers, just because of yeah. the the length of the contract. Yeah, it does get spread out further. I guess the, the tricky part is that his base salary is just high the entire time. It's it's 9 million this year. It goes down to 6.5 the year after that, but then it's right back up to 8.9 uh for the next 2 years and so it's going to cost it's you been, a pretty penny. Yeah, especially for a guy who's probably going to play guard, so it would be pretty sweet to just have Graham Glasgow instead. Yeah, yeah, that'd be nice. Um yeah, I I, I think the thing for me with Vitae is I just don't know what he is still with the Lions. Like yeah, he, got, yeah. he was spent 2020 injured and now it's a whole new coaching staff and I don't understand I don't know what their plan is for the offensive line and you know, offensive linemen just get better once they've had more time to play with their their unit. And for Vitae, he's had like what 10 games to play with the unit, I think think that and that that might be true but even that seems high i mean he was just he came into the season injured came in as the starting right tackle then moved to right Mm -hmm. guard i I don't know what the team thinks of him in terms of where he plays we don't really know what his level of play is because it's brutal the injury and it's i i feel like you maybe ride this one ride one year of this out and re re re-examine next year i mean you could even potentially get out after next year if you wanted um 4.2 million of dead cap, 4.5 million of savings. It's just brutal to me. It's brutal to me because like, again, trying to do analysis on on this offensive line feels impossible because the one thing you're not supposed to do with an offensive line is like move starters around and do the crazy rotations that, that, uh, that, that Patricia and his guys were doing. Like you don't shuffle around your offensive linemen like that. So like it, it completely disrupts the chemistry of how those guys play. And every NFL lineman I've talked to has said the same thing. Like I, I remember telling this to, to uh, Lincoln Kennedy is like, you don't move us around. You don't ever do that. So I, I mean, like what is Vitae? I don't know. I, I think one interesting wrinkle that happened to the lions this off season is they added Deuce Staley who has a rapport with Vitae from their time spent together in Philadelphia. So it'll be interesting to see how, you know, offensive coordinator Anthony Lynn will maybe, and, and even Dan Campbell at, at large being the head coach, how they'll rely on Deuce Staley's opinion of maybe where Vitae is, is best suited to play. Yeah. Feel good, do Ryan. We wanna, do we want to go over really quickly some of the, the cap casualties on offense that we didn't hit in the first segment? 
Uh, or you want to save that? I, I think we can save it. I, I we're, we're, we're about 20 minutes in. We should take another break. We get okay. to the other side of this and kind of wrap it all up uh, pretty neatly. And um, I think that should be a good place to go with this very nerdy podcast. We spend a lot of time talking about uh, numbers. And if you're confused, I'm certainly confused. This is this is a confusing subject. Like, I think fans like to think that they can grasp all this stuff. This this stuff with the cap and moving things around is uh, it's rough, man. There's so many ways you can play around with it. Just ask the Saints. But we're going to take a break here and we'll be right back on the Pride of Detroit POD cast. Welcome back to the Pride of Detroit POD cast wrapping up here. So we kind of got lost in the weeds of restructuring, but let's go back. I don't think we got some potential cuts on the offensive side of the ball. So we should probably round back around and get to that as someone brings a weed whacker close to my window because I live in a fantastic spot. Um, anyway, what do we think about Joe Dahl? What do we think about you flexing that you live in California, that people are using weed whackers right now? Um, I'm not even trying to flex in here, man. <laughs> no, it's subtle. We get it. Um, Joe Dahl. I like Joe Dahl. I, I, I like Joe Dahl as a player. I like Joe Dahl as an idea. As an I, idea, as a philosophy. Yeah. I, good job, Joe Dahl. Like, I, I, I would imagine that Chris Spielman has an affinity for Joe Dahl, considering <laughs> he coined that phrase. He certainly um, does. Yeah. Um. It's it's tricky, right? Like I would rather have Joe Dahl than than Vitae, but <laughs> the cap doesn't really dictate that if you're no. talking about like savings for 2021. So um, it would suck to see Joe Dahl go. But at the same time, you have, you know, an expensive guy like Vitae that you have to keep on the roster and you have a potential replacement for him in Logan Stenberg. So it sucks. But see you, Joe Dahl. Yeah, let me let me run down the finances really quick. Um, he's currently costing three point one million against the cap. You, you save everything but two hundred fifty thousand if you cut him, so two point nine almost um, of savings if you cut him. And like you said, Vitae is uncuttable at this point. He his he actually costs more if you cut him than 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 if you keep him. So the question is, yeah, is is Joe Dahl worth two point eight million, two point nine million? Can you find a replacement of his level? for less than 2.9 million and then also have, you know, worthwhile amount of cap space. And I think the answer is probably yes, because the one thing you have to think about here is Ode Ibushi essentially took, took the starting job away from him last year. And yeah. Ode Ibushi is a guy that'll cost you less than 2 million a year. He barely cost, I think he was just over a million last year for the lions. And so if, if Ode is in there and he's playing at a pretty high level, you have to resign him. Um, I think I think he can play at a Joe Dahl level. He doesn't bring the versatility that Joe Dahl brings, so you 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 need to then find a, a backup center, or maybe you have maybe Logan Stenberg's that guy. He was horrible at it during training camp, <laughs> but maybe maybe he's had a full year to to practice and he's better at it now. Um, but yeah, I I think I this isn't a, a cap that a lot of people are talking about, but considering how little of his contract is guaranteed at this point. I think it's a guy you have to consider uh, highly, especially if you can get Ode Ibushi in there as, as your starter. I mean, again, it, a lot of it depends on what they think of Vitae, but um, it, it's also worth mentioning that the, that Spielman and uh, or was it Spielman or Anthony Lynn said that they like the offensive guard depth. They like the depth on on the offensive line, specifically on the inside. So maybe that means they're keeping him. But I think this is a cap hit that you or, or cap casualty that you at least have to consider. Yeah, and. It sucks that we're the Graham Glasgow podcast, but like, I don't want to keep on, you know, don't want to keep on pining over a guy who's already gone. But like, this is just another one of those things where it's like the sins of Bob Quinn are going to be lasting, at least for 2021, just because, you know, it it sucks because the alternative would have been Vitae out, Graham Glasgow in. Then you, you don't have to worry about things like versatility because there's another guy who could slide over and play center in a pinch and there's a guy who could play guard and i mean backup you know knock on wood hopefully frank ragnall can play you know 17 games it's gonna take so long to get that 
in my <laughs> vocabulary. And still Russia. can't get it right. Like you, we can't have a 500 season anymore. It's it, there's so much of our vocabulary we have to change. Ties, ties, eight, eight, and one, baby. Oh God, that's that's even worse. <laughs> I would figure that somebody like you, Chris, would embrace that. But um, yeah, I guess I guess my point at large is that like you know, Brad Holmes inherited uh, quite a quite a difficult situation for him to navigate through. So um, the the other cap casualty that I want to talk about that I alluded to back in the first segment, uh, Jesse James is just a I, was, I want to bring him up, up right. Yeah, yeah, I want to bring this up because I feel like and I, I know why Ryan is so giddy to go on this one. And I wanted to call him on this because I feel like this is where, you know, Ryan ties this podcast back to the other podcast, brings his vision of Lions 2021 full circle because you're high up on Kyle Pitts. You're up, high up on Kyle Pitts and suddenly we're getting rid of a tight end from the death chart. I know you think he's a wide receiver and you can just line him up as a wide receiver, but get rid of Jesse James. Now we're in the clear to go for Kyle Pitts. And I'm not, I'm not completely against it too, because like what really did Jesse James do? Nothing. Nothing. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, Lions fans have been itching to get out of this contract from the minute it was signed. And two years in, it's been even worse than I think anyone could have imagined. The problem is the savings aren't that big. I mean, you wish they were bigger. They're, it's some savings, Jeremy. It's some. It is some. It's some. It, it's two point what? Two point four million? Two point one million. Done. Yeah, Bye. done. Uh, <laughs> Every little bit counts you. here, Jeremy. <laughs> it's it's only about a third of his cap hit. It's, you know, he's at six point four million. You're going to inquire four point two million of that in, in dead cap next year. That's fine. The number's a little bit nicer. Uh, you, you say four point million instead of uh, really the reverse, but. I mean, yeah. I mean, what 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 are you holding out hope for at this point? A guy who did less than nothing. Like, yeah. I, I think I, I think <laughs> this is the perfect example of taking your lumps now. Like, yes, I'm with you on board. Take your lumps now with Jesse James. Make it so you don't even have to think about it in the future. And listen, if Hunter Bryant is number two next year, so be it. Like there 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 are worse positions to be thin at. Than, than tight end and if tj hackinson gets injured yeah they're screwed but who cares right it's tight and, end and and i think the other thing too jeremy like this is actually a pragmatic stance like what does jesse james do well like not much and he's not like the vision i think that <clears throat> he's not the vision that i think dan campbell and and anthony lynn probably have for the offense in terms of like having a, a quote-unquote like blocking tight end that's not jesse james no. Good then again, not. Jesse James isn't a receiving tight end either, so I don't really know what Jesse James I is. Don't like what? What does he do here? So I Chet think you actually cash just checks. That's what he does well. <laughs> we say he's yeah. he's he's Milton from Office Space, right? I think you actually save more if you cut him after June first. Is that correct, Jeremy? Or am yeah, I? If you, if you give him the June fourth des- or June first designation, you do save a little bit extra money. But again, what what good is that money in June when you need it now? Well, That's true. Okay, but with that being said, say the Lions go the route of restructuring Jared Goff's contract. Well, then some of these guys are much more palatable and much more, um, uh, much better served to be cut after the post, you know, June first designation. Whether it's Jesse James or Justin Coleman, right? Sure. Yeah, you could probably do that for at least one of those guys. Mm Hmm. And for those who don't know, Jeremy, why don't you explain like what, what, why, why is there a different number? When you cut them after post after June 1st. Yeah. So the 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 short and long of it is that when you give them that June 1st designation, the dead cap is split between this year and next year. So it's not it's not that money just doesn't disappear. It's just it's kind of spread over over the next two years. So it, it I mean, it, it it's a smaller way of kicking the can, but it's not it's usually not that significant. So, yeah. So some um, of that savings from, from jet from, you're not really like over the long term saving anything at that point, but it's just, you, you are spreading it. So some of Jesse James dead cap would come in 2022. Yes. If you did that. Yep. Yeah. So it, 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 I mean, it, like I said, it, it, it's a small kicking of the can down the road, but not as significant as, as say a restructure. No. Yeah. Um, are we out of guys here? Or I, I, I've got one more thing in the cart here, but I feel like I, I kind of want to 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 J- Ryan's holding up, too. So uh, I want to see what Ryan's holding up. Uh, is one of them carry on Johnson? Not even though it, it could be like, I don't think you're saving 
I don't think you're saving that much money you'd for a spe- guy who's only saving less than two million. Yeah. And I know it's for a guy who he, I mean, literally, I mean, we talk about taking your lumps, but like, this is a guy who, you know, was thought of as being like the next three down workhorse back. And I've always been thumping the table about, you know, the best ab- ability is availability. And this isn't a guy who, who meets that standard by any means, but when he is on the field, and he is playing on third downs like he's I mean, he's exactly the kind of guy that do Staley says has to be on this roster. Like if you can't block, then yeah. there, there's there's no there's no spot for you on this roster. Well, carry on. Johnson does that very, very well. So I just don't think that cutting him makes a lot of sense because you don't save a ton of money. And I think he he does something that can really service uh, the betterment of the offense. I'm with you there. I don't I don't see the the value in in cutting a guy who's only one point three million against the cap or whatever it is Two, he's just over two million. For, I for also the don't think here. they're bringing back Adrian Peterson. So you at least want your <clears throat> a number two or number three running back for your roster figured out. You'll probably and, pick one up in the draft. Right. And <laughs> Jeremy's already, <laughs> he's already <laughs> I, the bad words. I, I, I see I see the steam coming out of his ears. So, I mean, that might be part of the reason why. Because, I mean, if you, if you have Swift and carry on Johnson, you don't have to prioritize getting a running back until day three. So yeah. um, which I think is something that <laughs> Jeremy is a fan of. So <laughs> the, the one other guy that can be a cap casualty is everybody's favorite backup quarterback. Chase. Daniel? Question mark. Yeah. Um, yeah. Go ahead and do it. Yeah, that's <laughs> yep. that's that's fine. That's that's yeah. totally so I, I I'm trying to find where I have so many tabs open right now and I'm so thrown off by some of the stuff. But I mean, yeah, what's what's the value of over Blau at this point? Cap hit right now is at five point three million. You save two point three million of that if uh, if you cut him. I mean, yeah, I, it's not that's not huge numbers for a quarterback, obviously, but you, you have David Blau. And I get I mean, is there is there that big of a difference? Yeah, between look, David you, Blau you, you and have to, Chase Daniel. You, you have to go into the season with a backup and maybe a third string quarterback. You you just have to. And maybe the Lions take a waiver on a guy, even if they pick up a quarterback in like, you know, the first round or whatever. And even if they don't, even if they kick that key into 2022, I think they're probably going to pick up a quarterback like they're, they're going to. That's one tradition they'll keep over Bob Quinn. Just take a quarterback each year, pick up someone in like the on day three see what he can do. He's not going to win over Jared Goff, but at least put him on there. That guy plus Blau plus Goff. That's your, that's your uh, depth chart for, for the, for quarterback. You're all set. And, and I think so. And, and let me know if you agree with me, Jeremy or not, but like the Lions stance for 2021 should be growth. And what really possibilities does Chase Daniel offer you as like a developmental quarterback? He, I mean, None really, right? No, I mean his his no. only worth, I think, to the Lions organization would be to help Jared Goff, and and that I mean that might be something worthwhile. He's twenty six years old. He's you're not going to probably be surrounding him with a ton of offensive talent in terms of weapons. So maybe a veteran mind in there in his ear will help. Kind of, I mean, the Lions are trying to to turn Jared Goff into a reclamation project, right? And so right, having but- a guy like him around might help. But uh, it's also a new it's also a new system for Chase Daniel. Sure. But he, it's not he's like he's been coming around a in and yeah, uh, I, I think I think honestly, like you have Mark Brunel. So why do you need Chase Daniel? <laughs> Mark Brunel could be the new player coach, too. If, if, uh, yeah, if that's really, essentially if, what he is. If, I mean, if really two or three is, guys, he's not going to come out and go on the field. But like, to uh, me, are you sure? No. <laughs> No, I guess Madden no, 2001 but. me wants to see Mark Brunel suit up <clears throat> in Honolulu blue. The here, I mean, here's my solution to the quarterback problem. You get rid of Chase Daniel, you promote David Blau to backup, you sign Sean Mannion as your third string. Like, I don't like that sucks, but who cares? Yeah, that's well, no, that's fine. And I mean, y- your opinion on Chase Daniel may vary, but it seems like <clears throat> Chase Daniel was a signing for the Lions and Bob Quinn to be like, Hey, you know, if things go sideways or sour with Matthew Stafford, we aren't completely throwing in the towel on the season because we have a competent backup quarterback. And like I said, your opinion on Chase Daniel is going to vary. I don't think he was ever that guy. But like to have a quarterback that is like in case of emergency, we can rely on this guy like the Lions like that shouldn't be part of their 
their operating procedure for 2021. Like it should be all about like development and whether or not they can turn a guy like David Blau into potentially somebody that uh, a team might covet or want a la Jake Rudock. <laughs> There's a lot of quarterbacks. I thought it was, hey, I thought it was a good point. Thank you. No, Ryan. no, no, no. I agree with you. Uh, you're, you're right. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan, you are right. You are a lovely human being, Ryan. And in this regard, you are right. I don't even want to be right. I just want to be valued. Well, with that, I, I'm sorry. I can't, I can't even hear the name Jake Rudock without giggling. Like it had nothing to do with your point. It's just you summoned Jake Rudock and it made me laugh. Hey, let me summon somebody else. Ready? I already know oh, who's no. going to be. Brad Kaya. Yep. Oh, I, already know gonna be. I already knew it was going to be. All right. We got to close <laughs> up the podcast with that. We can't, we can't let this go. Ryan's try, basically trying to summon Candyman or whatever. Like one of those like evil things that you say three times. So before he does that, we're getting out of here Uh, at Christopher Fed on Twitter for myself at Detroit online for Ryan. I mean, for Jeremy, excuse me. It's been a long day. Ryan, don't give me that look. Uh, Ryan at Ryan underscore P O D download the podcast. Give us a bunch of stars. Uh, We've been really messy this podcast. but We think that's some of our off season charm. When we come back next week, uh, we're going to keep going because it's March now. Uh, Anyone do their fi- fi- finest John Rothstein? This is March. No. Jeremy doesn't even know who that is, so he doesn't. Is he that doesn't actually care about his it. name John Rothstein. I know yes. that this is March guy. I didn't. Yeah, sure. his name is John Rothstein. Okay. Yeah. Why? 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 What? What? What reason do you have to doubt me on this, Jeremy? Because you're bad with names. <laughs> it is John Rothstein. Go look it up right now. <laughs> and with uh, that, we will see you star side. Uh,